you got to pursue something that gives you life, that makes you want to jump out of bed in the morning. Welcome back to another episode of The Lodges Podcast. The Lodges Podcast. Welcome back. You have to get creative. Like, your content can't just be like you sitting there. I have to, you know, master this D-list athlete if I'm going to get to C-list, to B-list, to A-list. whole slogan was basically, you're famous enough just being yourself. Just be you. A ruthless pursuit to, to be the best. All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Lodges Podcast. Um, for those of you guys that have been following, it, it has been a minute. It's been about a month or so since I last released an episode or did an episode. Um, just had a lot of things going on, closing the year. Uh, it's been a wild year, but Chris and I have been getting together for a while now to get this set up, so I'm excited to have him. Um, so our guest, for those of you that may not know or for any of you guys that are listening um, to the podcast version on this later, it is Chris Lama. He is the president of Parabellum Esports. Uh, they were for, the Parabellum Esports was formerly known as Shattered Dreams, but they were recently acquired by YDX Innovation, which is a virtual reality and immersive technologies venture builder that's based out of Vancouver, Canada. Um, so, Chris, man, welcome officially to the show. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I'm so happy that we finally got to do this. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm excited to I know there's a lot of things you guys were wrapping up and, and finishing so that this would be even better. So I yeah. um, appreciate you being patient with me. Sweet. No problem. And same likewise. And yeah. I was like, let's push it back a week. Let's push it back a week. And then we finally got it. So we're good. Right before yeah. Christmas. Now we can talk about all the good stuff. So for, exactly. for the most part, I feel like. Yeah. Um, but nice. All right. Well, Chris, what usually I've been doing recently, I, I love this thing, just doing an icebreaker question at the beginning. Usually I just Great. hop right into your background. But the icebreaker I have for you is tell me about the name Parabellum Esports. Why did you guys pick Parabellum? Was it just something on your mind? You know, what was the little yeah. story behind that? For sure. So uh, we were tasked uh, within the, I guess, the letter of intent to rebrand the company. Okay. Um, Shattered Dreams, I've owned that name for a very long time. Um, and we were kind of stuck with like, we stuck to it, right? That was our brand, that was our family. Um, so we kind of brainstormed along, I think it was like two weeks trying to determine what we wanted to get behind as a name. Uh, and it kind of just came down to throwing names in a Discord server and just like whatever stuck. And then we kind of voted on it. But our racing manager, uh, James, he threw Parabellum out there and we kind of started to research around it. And uh, our creative director, Drew Face, um, got into it and he he designed some logos based around like, I think five different names and just the whole Parabellum thing stuck. Um, and it's funny cause, uh, once we kind of got it going and we really liked the name, obviously if you've seen John Wick movies, there's a John Wick Parabellum. Um, so we started to change all of our discord servers over to like John Wick's face. Um, so we kind of <laughs> nice. leaked it without people realizing what it was, but, um, for people who don't know, it's like Latin Parabellum is like prepare for war, prepare for battle. So that's kind of the, the play that we've been going on with it. Um, okay. so it's going to be kind of our hashtag, like prepare for battle. Um, it's time for us to be more competitive as opposed mm -hmm. to the years past where we've been developing. Um, but yeah, we, that's kind of the long answer of where the name came from. Just brainstorming really. No, I, I think it's a unique name and the Italian, like, I guess, definition of it or whatever. That's pretty yeah. cool. I like that. Yeah. Um, well, we're going to, obviously we're going to hop into everything about Parabellum, but mm -hmm. before we get into that, kind of like I told you, um, when I was messaging you earlier, I want to take it back a little bit first. Cause I know you guys have had a long road before getting to where you guys are at right now. 
Um, so starting first with just you, you know, if you want to give us uh, the listeners a little bit of just context of, you know, where were you at in your career prior to uh, starting um, Shattered Dreams? And then like, what were you doing before you got into gaming and esports and all that? Awesome. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so if we backtrack 10 years ago, I was in school for uh, photography as um, independent digital photography. So it was, I chose that program more than just like a creative arts photography program because it was more business oriented. I've always uh-huh. been into kind of running businesses and wanting to have my own businesses. Um, so with that, basically what I did was went to school for that, started my own photography company, uh, worked in the scene for a while, um, and I've continued to keep the practice up. But throughout that, um, it's super competitive, obviously, you know, cell phones now, like my cell phone, it's got like three cameras on it. So <laughs> I carry this around as my my daily camera. Um, and then I kind of slowed that down a bit and I, I was still determining, like, do I want to do this forever? I enjoyed mm-hmm. it, but like clients were r- rough to work with. I wasn't a huge person for uh, of doing weddings and those kinds of events. So I got into product photography, which I absolutely loved. Um, mm-hmm. Did that for a while too. And then I, my cousin needed help with his construction company. So I went over there and I helped him for quite a while. Uh, the money was good there. It helped subsidize all the lenses and whatever I wanted to buy for the photography side. Uh, and then it kind of like dawned on me again, same thing. Like, is this the path that I want to take? If I'm struggling now, um, what else can I do? So I went back to school uh, in 2017, 2018, maybe can't remember okay. um, for event marketing. Uh, so brand activations, that kind of stuff. Uh, and I love that. So it was an eight month intensive. Um, graduated with that with honors and met a lot of important people through that. And during that program is kind of where I got into esports because I started doing a lot of my projects on esports and kind of diving in. So we it was it was called uh, event marketing for sports, entertainment and arts. Um, so I was like, everyone's focusing on sports. Everyone's focusing on arts. No one's really focusing on entertainment. Uh, let me go into that because I have another life in music okay. before all this <laughs> other time. Um, and I really got studying the, the focus on, uh, on esports. And I learned a lot that it's very close to the music industry in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, a lot of people compare it to traditional sports, but I like to compare it more to, to esports. Um, sorry, to music. So that's kind of where I got started. And then that's where Shattered Dreams came along right there. It's like right at the end of my college career with the marketing, okay. uh, Shattered Dreams kind of got incepted. Nice. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. I, well, I think the creative side of it, I've been trying to, maybe we can have a different conversation off mm-hmm. the mic, but I've been trying to find some cool creative, like graphic designers or uh, photographers and videographers. Uh, Drew Face is have, the man. Drew Face? Okay. Yeah. You have to, so you you'll have to let me know. Yeah. yeah, he he did our branding, our new branding from top to bottom, and he did our iRacing rebrand last year. Um, he's he's the man. He knows what he's doing. Um, so definitely, if you need that contact, I'll I'll hook that up for you. Okay, for sure. Yeah. No, I think I mean because I think when you look at the scene and and a lot of other sports, obviously there's so much creativity. I feel like that brings the brands and the products to life. So it'd be mm-hmm. cool to have a conversation about that. But um. Okay, so then you graduate college or you do the second time and you kind of start to dip your feet in it. What led to wanting you to create? It was an esports 
org at the time or was yeah. did you want just content creation or what was your goal when you started it and like did you start it with people what what, what did that look like yeah so a friend of mine uh, justin he was my he's my partner for for shattered dreams esports um we started the team over coffee really okay. one day uh i was finishing school he was i think at the time he wasn't working or he was finishing his electrician or doing something for that um okay. he i don't think he was enjoying where he was at either um so we we're talking about it we're like esports is this big thing i showed him all this stuff we were reading about events and tournaments and stuff uh and it was still fairly new in canada at the time um from a like a high competitive level so i was like let's do something crazy let's start an esports team so, like I said, I already had the brand. I owned the branding of Shattered Dreams from previous. Uh, it was supposed to be an apparel line. Uh, back in the day, we registered in like 2015. Tried to do something, but it was there was too much like copyright with uh, with some of the mm -hmm. logos we wanted to use. Um, and so we started this team as a Fortnite team, as most teams do. Uh, and then we just started building this community once we started going to events and we got jerseys and T-shirts made and got guys involved and really made it homey it was all local toronto players that can come to events so we can mm -hmm. activate live and people are like oh who's this team oh who's this player and we just got them rolling and rolling and rolling and we built this team up now to like 45 content creators and players across the world now so it's crazy yeah it all, all started over a, a coffee chat <laughs> it all started over coffee exactly that's the best way to do things i guess I, I, I'm a big coffee guy. So, you know, I, I, I hear that. Um, what did you guys, so when you started it out at the beginning and, and I'm sure you guys were maybe looking at other smaller orgs or, or maybe what the big orgs are doing and trying to figure out, you know, okay, what has been successful for other orgs, what hasn't worked for other orgs? What did you guys do to navigate that? Because I feel like I've definitely seen over the last year and a half, two years, a lot of like Twitter orgs or Instagram mm -hmm. orgs that are quote unquote an organization but there's not a lot of structure to it. There's really like no end goal to it. And then eventually you just see them crash and burn. So yeah. did you guys see that? Did you like identify that at the beginning or how did you guys navigate it to not, you know, have that happen maybe? I think first step was being uh, like a tangible org. Okay. Um, we're, we had a really cool conversation in February after we launched, which was like five months. And this guy came up to us and he's like, you guys, you guys look like a big org. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, well, you guys got jerseys. You got, you got players. You're at this event. First off, mm -hmm. you guys aren't just doing online stuff. And I was like, well, yeah, like, that's how you, that's how you activate, right? You got to be out there. <laughs> you got to show off your sponsors and do all that stuff or else you're never going to go anywhere. Um, right. Second off, we're older. So a lot of the Twitter orgs are kids uh, that are citing clans because mm -hmm. that's still a thing, I guess. Right. Um, so like, yeah, like exactly that. We, we want it to be tangible. We want it to have marketing materials. We want it to have um, players representing us in person at events. So the first thing we did was we started talking to venues, got sponsored by a venue, um, had our guys going to those venues. And then again, creating that family aspect, like, hey guys, let's do a little small get together on Friday night over at the venue. Uh, we'll order pizza, play some games, just chill. And then that started to get, more people involved like hey i want to join your org i want to join your org so that we can join this family and then have the venue behind us have those pizza parties and all that kind of stuff and it also helped parents get involved too because they were dropping their kids off to this event where their kids can play and do their games that they would be doing at home but it's getting them out and socializing mm -hmm. um 
So just like that, really. And then, yeah, taking leads from your phase clans and your G2s and your Cloud 9s, just knowing that <laughs> we're not there yet because of the capital. Uh, right. And how are we going to earn and raise capital as we get bigger and bigger? And that was through merchandise, right? So I see a lot of what FaZe was doing with their merch and their jerseys and all that. And now with um, 100 Thieves, because they launched, 100 Thieves launched basically, what, 2018, technically. Yeah. Um, but they're coming from massive funding and having the contacts through Nateshot and that. We don't have yeah. those contacts. We do now. Uh, but we didn't have those contacts. So it started basically like, let's sell a jersey or a t-shirt for $40 that we bought for 20 and then start getting that, putting the money into the team, getting team players involved, winning events, getting stuff back. And it's kind of where we've been. It's like a vicious cycle of, of that, right? Right, right. No, and it's, I, I don't know. I see sometimes, I think the hoodie and the merch thing, I mean, if, if you think about 100 Thieves and you said that, you know, sometimes I forget how relatively new they still are in the whole grand scheme of things. But um, I was complimenting the hoodie you guys have on right there right before we went live because I think it's it's super dope how you guys have like the logo and the imprint on the inside of it because I don't know that I've seen that on many or seen it before um, on other people's merch. But um, what I was going to ask you was, so when you guys, so you started, you started competing at events, you know, going to events, having the get togethers, how did you guys put together the team at the beginning? I mean, was that difficult for you guys to find talent and to find like, okay, who's going to be a good fit for this? Or did you guys already have some people in mind prior to launching? Yeah. So we kind of did some research and looked around like on Twitter for local Toronto players. Uh, okay. first thing we did was we went to an event at, uh, one of the local venues and we just went to watch and just check out who was around that we could pick up. Um, and then we just started networking with guys like, Hey, do you want to be part of an org? And like, mm -hmm. Oh, well I've seen, like you said, I've seen this Twitter team that I could be a part of, but maybe I can be a part of something else. Um, and then as we grew and made more connections and did more networking, we started to expand in the different games. Uh, and now, so we are getting people asking to join as opposed to uh, us seeking players, right? Right. Uh, but now as we grow and get bigger and bigger, we want those top tier talent. So we're seeking those teams that are winning large events and they're, we're seeing what they want from an org or what they're expecting from an org, obviously with like salaries and merch and all that kind of jazz. Um, so as we get bigger, everything kind of shifts back to that scouting idea. But internally, we also have a little like micro development program with our academy side, and we're developing future talent and then determining do we bring them into the R org or do we start farming them into your Cloud Nines and your G2s or your Luminosities guys that we have contact with mm -hmm. uh, and have worked with in the past on, on little things. So, and is that at Northern Esports? Is that the academy? Uh, that's X name, but yeah, we're, we're rebranding that as well. Okay. Lots okay. of rebrands happening, um, yeah. but yeah, that's what we did with with Northern Esports Academy. Uh, okay. But we've had academy rosters within Shattered Dreams as well. So like our Rocket League team, we have two rosters. We have a main and an academy, uh, and we're trying to work that through all of our tiers so that we can have that development group. And then if we need a player, we can pluck them up to the top. Or if somebody's mm -hmm. looking for a player, we can be like, hey, we've got a guy here. This is what it's going to be like. Yeah. What has for you guys, because I've so we sat down on this podcast with one other, what I would call legitimate works. So we had the Kansas City Pioneers on like mm -hmm. 20 ish so episodes ago. Yeah. Um, I kind of asked them the same question because 
obviously when you're building a legitimate org like you guys have and you're getting funding behind it and you have the true infrastructure for you what have been i like to get in the nitty and gritty so like what have yeah. been some of the challenges that you faced from creating an org i mean obviously like you said from scratch over a coffee conversation to now it's where you guys are funding you're growing you're you have a lot of you know, um, a lot of people can't know who you guys are now, but what have been some of the things that you guys have had to go through that have been tough or that were kind of gray areas for you? Uh, what comes down to uh, general social media blowups when something happens. Really? Okay. That tends to be like the biggest thing is kind of like uh, PR after you drop a player or PR when something happens or one of your players does something that isn't necessarily related to uh, the yeah. team. Um I've I try my best to be very PR friendly on on social media and make sure people understand what's going on, especially now that we're like in LOI with a public company, like mm -hmm. everything's going to be out there. Right? Everything's going to be seen. So um, I want to make sure that we're covering our asses when we do something. Um, other than that. It's I guess sometimes trying to pitch guys that are bigger than you why you why they'd be a good fit for your organization um and that it's not just like we're not using them to to grow we're actually we're trying to help them get what they need uh to compete we've had guys in the past yeah. that are their numbers are astronomically higher than us in the tens of thousands and we've actually had one of those guys in our org who's helped us grow and he wants to come back because we kind of created that family aspect to the to the organization right so getting that kind of dialogue out there getting people to understand that we're not like we're not trying to use and abuse you um mm. and then i had again back to social media one of our a bunch of our players bought our most recent merch drop and uh one of the communities that they're a part of is like oh your org doesn't give you merch and i went out and i said look guys i have never asked one of our players to buy merchandise. I've never said you have to buy merch or you can't be part of our team. If a guy wants to go out and buy merch, that's on them. Um, they will get stuff. They have to earn. Obviously we just, we don't have thousands and thousands of dollars to waste on merchandise. If we're not sure what's going to happen. Right. Um, yeah. but the, the guys don't know that we have plans to get them merchandise and peripherals and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, it's it's good to see that even our guys back us up and PR is back to that. It's the main, main, <laughs> main, main thing for me. I think that's, you know, that's interesting because I think I've seen that universally across esports where you have a lot of people that, you know, have been in it now for a year or two and are really trying to truly grow. And so whether you're an esports org, I mean, I've dealt with it here on the podcast to where like, you know, I've asked people on before and they've I think they've kind of taken it to like where I'm trying to land someone to just have a name and to just use them kind of like you're saying. But you guys are from an esports team point of view. Um, but I've seen that where, you know, it's like you're truly kind of trying to create something special that's going to, you know, go on for a while. And you're trying to build your own path and, and your own thing. And it seems tough sometimes to get that trust, I guess, is what it comes down to from others within the community, because. I mean, again, we just talked about 100 Thieves only been around two years, but there's going to be other 100 Thieves eventually. There's going to yeah. be other Thieves eventually, like, you know, so, but that's interesting that that's something that you guys have struggled with as well. But, but I can see that definitely happening, like being that. This is a mostly online world, right? So we have to be, when we're front facing an online, you have to be as clean as possible, right? 
right, um, right. and because we're not like we're not on that world stage right now so we got to be we still got to promote as much as possible but when we get there it's going to probably be even like tenfold making sure that we're covering our asses on on stuff we do you know <laughs> definitely <laughs> so um, I will, before we shift to the Parabellum rebrand and, and mm-hmm. kind of talk more about that, I just wanted, I thought it'd be cool to hear what was, when you guys created Shattered Dreams, what was the initial end goal that you guys had? Like, or what was your objective? And then how has that shifted a bit now as you guys have rebranded? Has, has that end goal changed for you guys? Is the focus kind of the same or, or what does that look like? Uh, I think we like internally had our own like path to pro kind of okay. goal, like our, one year, three year, five year goals. Um, I think we've probably reached our three year goal before we even hit year three, because this is year three right now for us. Uh, right. So being able to now say that we're uh, possibly going to get acquired um, and get that kind of funding to get us to the next level. Uh, I think that's where we wanted to be. Uh, the The five year goal was to be on the world stage and be a, a household name, really. Um, and with our recent launch, I think we're on on track for that. So uh, the rebrand was kind of it was kind of tough for us to swallow, but now that we've launched and we've seen the the response the way it is, I think we're very, very, very happy as a complete organization. So yeah. Well, from a visual perspective, I love, you know, I love the new stuff. I'll be yeah. excited. You guys are going to have merch dropping. Yeah, merch is, merch is live. Out now? Yeah, okay. so merch is live. Uh, the Parabellum Pro line is live. Um, okay. And then we're working with uh, with Drew on dropping uh, probably quarterly um, lifestyle merch within the brand. Okay. And then Shattered Dreams is going to be... And this is all public information already. So Shattered Dreams is going to rebrand into a merch only line uh, for lifestyle apparel. So this is kind of like your first sneak peek at ideas. Like we were testing out a a company, a local company to see how they can produce some stuff for us. Uh, We did masks, uh, these hoodies. And then I had a quote from one of the videos that I did, like get shit done. So we made some get shit done uh, hoodies and they did pretty well. Um, so that's, yeah, that's kind of like where we're at right now with that. Okay. Nice. Yeah. No, um, I saw this comment. Sir Nubi says, surprise me, the llama's never actually a llama. <laughs> um, my llama's back there and he's also got a llama on his page. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know I mean? We got, we got plenty of llamas going on here. Um, well, so what, so you guys were almost two years into Shattered Dreams. What led you to want to do a rebrand or to be acquired? Was it just something that you saw as the strategic move to do? Or can you like give us a little bit of context of of that, of those like inner conversations of what led to the rebrand and hopefully the acquisition? Yeah. So, um, I was working with Amuka Esports, uh, from October last year until, um, it was mid April. Uh, I got a little bit sick. I had to step down from my position, um, focus on my health, but I'm good now. Um, so it was kind of, I think it all started as an inside joke, uh, with, with Ben from Amuka. Cause we had a, we had a chat in July last year prior to me working for them and working for organized gaming. Um, so he called me up on LinkedIn, whatever. He's like, I want to meet chat with you about Northern Esports Academy, Shattered Dreams, whatever. So when I got there and I sat down with him, this is like, I guess a year into us being an org. Um, 
he's like, oh, you guys, like, we didn't, we didn't keep books. We didn't keep any, like, like any information. We barely spent any money, but we looked big. Like, we, mm-hmm. we had players had, had, were buying jerseys. Again, same kind of idea. Um, we were buying merch and then just selling merch at, like, just over cost to, like, cover our costs and then have right. a little bit of money in our bank. And then Justin and I were making enough money on the side anyway that we were just funding stuff out of our pocket. We didn't really care. It's like, oh, $25 price pool or $25 buy-in. Let's buy the uh, buy-in. So mm-hmm. um, Ben's like, you guys look a lot bigger than you are. I'm like, well, yeah, that's that's the point. So um, <laughs> fast forward to October, I started working for them for Organized Gaming as a project manager. And it was always kind of like, a, hey, so uh, when are you going to let us acquire you? When are you going to let us acquire you? That kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I never really wanted it. And then I saw like the moves that they were starting to make. Uh, and it was looking really good. And now they open up chats with uh, the YDX company. Um, and we're here today and we're both under LOI with, with that company. And it's it's looking really good and we're, we're excited about it. Amuka holds a lot of good Toronto assets and mm-hmm. YDX wants to get involved. So um, like I said, it was it was tough for us to kind of get behind, but then... Uh, all that kind of came along and it, it got, it gets exciting when you see it on paper. Um, and then, like I said, we kind of, we were asked to rebrand. Um, and they said like, it'll, it'll look good on the the name. Let's figure out a good name that'll work out. Uh, we've got a couple of plans here and there to do other stuff. So we, uh, we rebranded and we got something really strong together. We worked with, like, like I said, I keep on going back to Drew like the best designer in our local and he's he's one of the shareholders of Muka too so it's kind of it was important for him to get something that he could really care about too um mm-hmm. and me and him talk literally like five hours a day on how we can continue to build this brand to be stronger and create that merchandise that people are going to want and love and and get behind that brand as a lifestyle as opposed to just an esports team yeah no and i think the lifestyle route is definitely the route you got to go because it we could have a whole separate conversation on that, but obviously it just opens a lot more roads and there's just a lot more opportunities that route. Um, so no, 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 I definitely agree. Uh, did you guys, did you have, I know you mentioned that they were kind of like, you know, when can we buy, when can we buy that whole sort of thing? Was there fear on your side of getting acquired by just anyone in general? Was that something you didn't want to do at first or, or what was the reasoning behind like maybe holding back just a bit? Was it kind of like, you wanted to own the fact that you had created something and you didn't want to maybe like quote unquote, let it go or, or where were your emotions at with that? Yeah. Um, like this was my baby, right? Yeah. We, we started it from literally nothing. Um, and we just wanted it to continue to be ours. Um, mm-hmm. for me, it was like, it's never been about the money. Uh, it's been about giving opportunities, right? Um, like I've lived to this day, I've never taken a paycheck out of, out of the team nor has Justin, the players have gotten everything that any money that's ever been made has either stayed in the org for us to do more stuff with and then obviously paid out as per contracts. Um, when you get corporate, it gets a little, I guess it gets a little bit different. I don't know. We're about to find out. Um, but I think the reason why I finally gave in and said, yeah, let's do this is because I know the potential that we have. And hopefully with the corporate behind us and we've got like really, really strong people behind us that we can, we can get things to that next level, like get over that little hump that we need. So that's kind of why I finally said, yeah, let's do it. Let's, 
we had a good year. Let's make next year, 2021, even better. And hopefully we get events back and yeah, we can go back to like our tangible team that we've always had. Right. So where are you guys at right now with, with the team? Like where you guys sit today? Tell us a little bit about it. Like as, as far as content creation side, pro player side, what games you guys competing in, you know, all those sorts of things. So uh, we just signed a really cool creator. Um, he's actually a professional Canadian football player as well. Um, Jay Boogie, uh, Juwan, he plays for the Toronto Argos. So we just announced him. Uh, he's actually going to be doing a big uh, charity stream on, uh, I think, Christmas Eve or on Wednesday this week, whatever day, the 23rd. Okay. Um, yeah. So he's doing that. He's a really cool dude. We, we chat all the time, trying to get him more involved. Uh, eventually, we're hoping that we can get him his own merch line as well. Um, we just signed a, a, a COD sniper. So we're like getting in nice. that trick shotting kind of thing. Uh, Johnny Slips, um, another Toronto based guy. So again, if you can see the pattern, it's Toronto based. Um, right. Rainbow Six is going to be our big one. Rocket League is going to be a big game for us. Uh, CSGO always has been iRacing. We have one of the biggest iRacing divisions. Um, and that division is going to be growing. So we have a nascar side uh which is run by nick and then we have the road side which is run by james and those guys are going to be working together on like the brand aspect of how the cars are going to look and feel on the track um okay. and kind of be separated but they're still under the iRacing division so i think there's like 20 on each side so it's a massive team and they kind of stand alone um yeah. tell me a little bit about or i would love to hear a bit more because i think that's interesting i don't think there's many other orgs that have the iRacing side of things did you guys is that recently that you started that team like pre-covid like once covid hit and nascar kind of also moved to it did you guys start it or, or or what's the story with that so amuka acquired this the uh the nascar side so okay. they're uh, high performance motorsports they um they were acquired by amuka a few months ago but we started our iRacing division i think a year ago um one of our managers from the like our online operations guy, um, who he got in contact with James. He's he was a streamer, iRacing, all that. He was big on Mixer. Um, rest in peace, Mixer. Um, and then he started talking to us about the iRacing stuff, and he's like, "We should put our like really focus on an iRacing team." So we did that, and then six months later, we we got a full iRacing brand done so we had Chatter Dreams Racing I like got a big decal on my car which I have to take off now um <laughs> but that was a it was cool to watch something completely different and yeah it definitely got us through the pandemic there was a lot of iRacing stuff in but we were doing it before it was kind of on TV and and whatever with NASCAR um and now we have like three I think there's three top drivers on the NASCAR side as well um mm -hmm. that are winning big events we won the 24 hours of Le Mans with our road course team as okay. well. So like, that's a huge, huge thing. Six yeah. hours of spa. They won like all kinds of good stuff. So there, there's a good, good thing that also have. Cause like you said, generally it's like we're an iRacing team or we're an esports team. There's not too much crossover. We focus right. on both, but we allow, we have managers for like basically every single game. Okay. When it comes okay. to that stuff.
that makes sense. You know, and I think, and that's in the logo, right? The new Parabellum logo you guys have kind of, is it a car that's dropped in the background? And yeah, so that's one of the banners that we've got. Okay. So yeah, Drew yeah. designed that where we've got, we, we got a professional iRacing photographer. Uh, <laughs> we hired him to do like iRacing photos of our cars and then Drew put it all in the, in the branding so that we can have like on an iRacing team has that. And then our main team's going to have that. Uh, and then if we do decide, like some teams have, official accounts for each of their their teams so like mm-hmm. i know team liquid has like a team liquid csgo uh twitter we right. can do like a background for them and then just have the main team as like the important stuff okay that's cool no i'll be i'll be watching that see how that goes for you guys yeah, i think i sure. racing that's that's definitely interesting right now um so it's cool to see how that's going to work out i think the season starts in february february officially okay. yeah that's when the like the road to pro starts for uh, for nascar at least Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. That'll be interesting to see. Um, talk to me a little bit about the Canadian esports scene and, and and gaming scene as well, because I know, for example, we've had Landon Gorbenko on here, which I know yeah, you know. Um, he says hi, by the way. Okay. Yeah, we we talked. <laughs> we literally just finished talking before uh, like four four uh, three forty five, and he's like, "Oh, oh say, nice. say hi, man. Say hi." Oh, I appreciate that. Love Landon. Um, and so I had him on like a while back, but I know there's a lot, obviously you got a MUCA, you got you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk to us, especially cause I think that, and, and it's, um, oh, what's the major esport, the other major esports org that's Canadian based luminosity is right. Yeah. Okay. So you got luminosity, but I thought it'd be cool here for someone that's in the Canadian scene. Just where is it at as a whole right now? Maybe not even just you guys. Cause I don't know that I hear it get talked about a lot. So maybe it'd be cool for people to hear about that. Yeah. So the Canadian scenes kind of, it seems like it's still kind of fresh, right? If we're not making a splash and not being known. Um, so you've kind of got like two main drivers with Luminosity, uh, mm-hmm. who's held by EGLX. And then you've got Overactive Media, who's got okay. your Toronto Defiant, your uh, your Toronto Ultra, and they've got Mad Lions out in, the, in Europe for their CSGO division. Um, our goal is to compete with those two guys. Like, uh, so we're still lower tier those guys put a lot of funding into their teams they've been right. around for luminos has been around for a long time um overactive media with the the two main teams have been around call it four or five years um but they're up and above because they've been like i said they're they've been public for a while at least on the luminosity side and mm-hmm. uh, overactive media being um a media company and all that they've got their funding from that i guess uh so the next kind of org that you would look at probably would be Lazarus, uh, who's been in the scene for about 10 years. Um, and it's funny going back to Lazarus, they used to be called set to destroy X. That's what most people remember them for. Um, and when we launched our logo was like this big X along across our jerseys. Mm -hmm. So people mistook us for, for being them. And they were just going through a rebrand to Lazarus. It's been this whole like craziness of, of stuff. Uh, I think Lazarus is held by a company called Title, uh, okay. who's also, from my understanding, I think they're public. I'm not entirely sure. Um, so after that, I'm trying to think about really other Canadian orgs. Montreal's probably got the next biggest scene. Toronto's okay. scene is not as big as uh, Montreal, uh, for sure. And then Toronto's growing. Uh, Mirage would be a big player out in... Uh, out of Montreal for that. Uh, they kind of put a lot of funding into their teams as well. They're growing. They're owned by Northern Arena, which is another big media company. They do like um, 
what's the squad uh that show uh jinx tv that kind of stuff uh they're growing and they now they've got the team brand to activate with and they play in the rainbow six pro league right now so okay lots going on yeah, I don't know. A lot going on. Definitely. No, I know. Um, what is or what was your guys' relationship with Amuka prior to all this going on? And then now, because with the acquisition, it's YDX that would acquire. Yeah, right? so YDX has put an LOI for us, Letter of okay. Intent for Shattered Dreams and Northern Esports Academy, okay. uh, as well as they have another standing LOI with Amuka. Okay, okay. Um, so all of that news is public. Like You can find that all out on like press releases and stuff. Right. Um, so, yeah, I've known Ben since July of last year or 2018, I guess. Uh, and then I started working. Like I said, I was working for Amuka for organized gaming as a project manager from October 2019 until April of this year. This year has been a blur. Like it's already December. So um, we've always had a good relationship, strong working relationship. Um I generally work my ass off on everything I do. I hope uh, <laughs> I've made Ben happy in the past with what I've done, uh, and especially all the guys over there too. Uh, and obviously, if we're in the position we are today, I I guess we did a good job. So, um, yeah. And we're just obviously going to continue to work as as now a, a a team of I don't even know how many people are on this team now. So uh, when it comes to like the corporate side of things from Amuka YDX, so. There's a lot of lots of meetings, lots of conversations going on, like what's next? How are we gonna work this out and all that? So Right. Everything's good. We're all good. That's awesome. No, no, no. That's cool to hear. Um, and it's cool to see a lot of people. I, I think we all know in gaming and esports, it takes a lot of relations. But I think it's a lot of people when, when you come together and have a lot of different minds working together, I think that's when we see the cool stuff happen compared to I know still I see sometimes people just trying to be on their own little island. So yeah, it's cool to see you guys work with Amuka. It's cool now to see uh, this acquisition going down and all that. Um, are you, what excites you? Or, or maybe this is a better question. Are you excited about the fact that you guys will be public down the line and that, you know, obviously then you guys will have financial statements available, that whole sort of thing where people can truly see where all the money is going, where your guys' expenses are at. Um, does that excite you? Does that create a little bit of anxiety or, or how do you feel about that? Yeah. Um, I think it's anxiety when it's public because again, like I said earlier, like everyone's going to be able to see everything that we're doing. Right. Yeah. Um, like everything that we do is basically going to be reported on, uh, cause it can affect that stock price. Um, right. so really what it comes down to is just like, I think I have to, we, we have to be excited and we got to just like, it's every move we make is a risk, but I think it's going to be more strategic when we drop something to make sure that we know that it's going to be worth an investment and, and get our investors behind it and excited about it too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think our team's been through it enough now trying to raise money on, on either side that they've been through it and they'll walk the newbies like me uh, through how to operate inside of a public company. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be a culture change for every single person uh, on the org. When I say, be careful what you post on Twitter, because whatever we do might it might affect all of our careers, right? Um, right? So, but once people understand it, I think it'll be fine and just like keep doing what we're doing. We all know esports is one of the craziest industries to be in right now. Um, right. So you just got to kind of wear it and get excited about it. Yeah, no, I kind of, I, I mean, I think it's already a scene where 
anything you say and use them I mean, most of the time obviously your talent is on camera so it's available for anybody to clip or anything like that but i think it adds a definitely a little bit more anxiety when on top of that there's now the financial and even more so legal liability possible yeah. because of being a public company um i just thought it'd be fun to ask you do you think it's good and this is just this is not related to you guys in general just like general question just your opinion on teams going public do you like that do you think it'd be good for the community do you think it's better for there to be a mix or because i know sometimes there's a lot of kind of like speculation right now around team valuations and mm -hmm. you know maybe those that aren't public and people are like okay where's really the money at like yeah. that whole how do you evaluate thing. this right um, how do you evaluate it so what's your take on esports teams being public i think it's good for the industry for the fact that we can actually legitimize it a little bit more mm -hmm. um but I mean, not all traditional sports are public either, right? So yeah. like those companies mostly are privately held. Um, they're owned by massive corporations, but that doesn't mean right. that they're public. Um, I don't think there's an advantage or a disadvantage to it. Um, I think it's pretty cool because now if I'm a big fan of Parabellum, I can get in and be like a part owner of the team, right? Yeah say i own stock in paraville i'm like <laughs> i i'm a part owner of 0. 0.00001 percent um right. not that they're going to be a mover or shaker by any means but i mean it's it's cool to say like that's a cool backing for me like mm -hmm. i can talk to somebody and they're like oh yeah i own stock so yeah no i think i think it's cool for the fans too because like once you uh, as you continue to grow and as you guys continue to grow that fan base i think what you're saying is true that the fact that you can buy the merch, you can, you know, buy all that stuff, you can support while watching, and then you can also be a quote unquote investor in it. I think yeah. adds like an extra cool element to it. So um, Yeah, I won't say names, but I am invested in other esports orgs that are public. So Right. And other brands too. So it's yeah. it's nice to be able to say that I've got something I'm invested in. I want them to do well. Even though they're a competitor, I still want them to do well. Yeah, no, it, it helps us as a whole. You know, I think any any esports team or, or org that's doing well right now, I think helps the community as a whole. Um, well, obviously, we're like at the end of this year, right? December 21st right now. You guys have obviously had a crazy few months. I think a crazy year from the conversations I've had with you. Um, what are you looking forward to, though, in 2021? Like you guys have are finalizing this stuff up, but what's getting you excited for next year? Um I know you guys got the iRacing starting in a few months. You obviously just got the merch line that, that launched, but but what's got you excited? Yeah, so uh, more merch has got me excited. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to do like a spring, summer, fall drop. Uh, it's been really cool to work with Drew on that kind of stuff. Uh, but I'm mostly like mostly excited to, to watch our competitive teams grow and play. Um, we've put a lot of effort into making sure that we've got at least the top tier three teams right now. Um, and then depending on where we can be with the, the company and have the ability to start looking at tier two and tier one rosters and those kinds of players and start making a name on the world stage, I think that's going to be mm -hmm. key. Um, so that's kind of where we've been focusing on for the past month, really, is determining how much it's going to cost us to be in each division for each game. Uh, and what's feasible to start. Like, what games do we start on? Do we start with five key games or three key games and then start building around other games? Mm -hmm. um, so it's all kind of like, everything's up in the air, right? So we're going to continue doing what we've been doing and focus in the, the area that we're at and where we're ready to make that leap. 
I can guarantee you, you'll see us on the on the big stages. Got you. What if, if for possibly like any content creators out there, or maybe some amateur players that are that are trying to get to an org, and maybe they're Canadian based and listening, or or outside of Canada, what tips of advice, or or what are some things you guys are looking for in new talent that that you're trying to bring on to um, the team? Uh, if you're not posting on social media and you're not making content, no one's gonna find you. Um, so. Just reaching out to an org on Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is, and saying, are you guys recruiting? That's not enough for me. Especially when I click on a profile and it's got they've got zero posts and a thousand followers. Uh, that only tells me one thing, that you're buying followers. Um, make content. Make content that people want to engage in and make content that teams want to back. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is networking, obviously, same idea-ish, but like not social networking, like network on LinkedIn or network on, on uh, join our Discord and actually connect with the people who are involved in the organization. You'll have a better chance at, at joining um, and start playing games with those people too. drop into their stream. Uh, if they are one of the people who plays with viewers, maybe they'll allow you to play. Uh, and again, stay connected. Uh, just dropping a, a post in self-promo on a server is not going to get you anywhere. Uh, and like I said, just saying, Hey, are you recruiting? Tell me why I should recruit you. Explain. Yeah. I've been playing call of duty since I was, that came out of the womb and I'm really good and I can create content and be a player for your team, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Is there a, I've had conversations with other just content creators in general um, and heard some other conversations just on the professionalism side of just talent. Is there, do you see that there's obviously like a lot of room to grow for talent on the professionalism side for, especially when people are trying to get recruited where there's just communication that needs to get improved or maybe is it social media presence that needs to get improved? What's some of the common things you guys see when you're either recruiting talent or you do have people that are coming to you and being like, Hey, like I want to join, like, what are some of the things that people are lacking or there could be improvement? Uh, there's a lot of entitlement in esports for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of guys who expect the world before they've even joined and proven themselves. Um, like I said earlier, like our guys, you got to earn your Jersey. You got to earn your, you have to earn your respect and other stuff. Like you're not just going to join up and, and be like the number one guy in the org just because you have, 5,000 followers, 10,000 followers, whatever it is. Um, yeah, of course, that kind of presence helps. But for our Oregon, like, for sure, it's like you need to earn the respect of the other members. You have to be uh, engaged. You have to do streams with us. You have to play games with us, play Among Us, whatever it is. Um, and then when it comes down to communication, yeah, like I said, like, what's your pitch? Like, what value yeah. are you going to bring to us? And also, like, what do you want from me? Can yeah. I join isn't the right question. No, uh, it's, hey, my name is Chris. I've been playing Rocket League. I've been grinding my game. I hate that word, but whatever. We'll use it in this scenario because it happens all the time. Uh, I'm My MMR is 1600. I've been playing in this league, and I want to take my skills to the next level. Uh, I create content, but I also want to be a competitive player you have a spot on a roster for me i'd love to try out like that right there is better than a yo let me join um or here's my links this is my rocket tracker check out this video i just posted on youtube or another thing like if anyone's out there creating content 
if you're doing educational content where you're teaching people how to play the game, you already go from like down here to like the top of my list for who I want to join the org. Because teaching people what to do and how to play is way more important than just being an entertainer or a good player. Yeah. I think I think some of the things I see a lot of times is people just want to hit go live, right? And they just want to be the streamer. But I think that from what I've seen is the ones that definitely stand out are the ones that like you're saying, they're, they're creating the content outside of, and we're talking from a content creator perspective, obviously, but the ones that actually then go out and create content when they're not streaming, right? Because I think... You have to. You yeah. have to create content when you're not playing. That's how you make money in this industry. Like, it, it, I just, I, I think I see too many, like, I see a lot of younger kids asking that question. And like you're saying, you'll go to their profile and I'll just see like 30 tweets in a row that are all live now live now going live but then you don't see any content actually created there and it's yeah. like you know if i'm coming to you for the first time what do i really have to value you or what do i really exactly. have to see like what you're made of or, or what your style is or what you're interested in um and that's what i'm saying about the i have a thousand followers on instagram why if you look back at why a kid has a thousand followers on instagram i can tell you the one reason is so that they can get their creator code on epic games mm. So they bought that, that they need a thousand followers okay. on any social media platform. And the cheapest place to buy followers is Instagram. Um, Twitter accounts are hard to buy in the first place. Um, but people are buying Instagram accounts that have a thousand followers, deleting all the content, putting it up on Epic games so they can get their creator code. So they can say to their friends, support a creator llama, which mm -hmm. is real. So use it um <laughs> hashtag ad um so that's what it comes down to and i mm -hmm. call people out on that all the time uh saying like where's your content i want to join your org oh check out my youtube page and then i look at their youtube page and they have like two subscribers and one video that's basically like uh roblox or whatever so right <laughs> Which isn't applicable probably to the game they're either wanting yeah. to compete in. I want or... to join. I want to be a content creator for you, but how, you don't have any content. Um, right. So yeah, like, and the best place to be creating content right now is on TikTok. And I know you know that for a fact. Yeah. Uh, like I have 30,000 followers on TikTok. It has nothing to do with gaming, but I have 30,000 followers on TikTok because I worked my ass off on it. And it's the easiest place to organically grow other than LinkedIn. I sound like Gary Vee right now. But it is, and I've proven oh, it's it. So true. I just I was just watching Tim the Tap Man stream literally this week, and some like I think he gets probably, and a lot of them get a lot of times. He actually answered the question though. Someone asked him like, you know, hey, I'm trying to grow my my Twitch stream. Like, what do I do? And then like Tim immediately was like, the one thing that not enough people still are taking advantage of is using TikTok because he's like, he was talking about himself. He's like, I've seen streamers that were averaging ten to twenty viewers grind TikTok for three months and now they're averaging like in the hundreds just because they've grinded TikTok out. Um so no it's it's crazy what that platform I feel like has done for you're a lot not of on TikTok, get on it. I've been on it for a year. Yeah. And it's just been like I went from posting every single day, like two, three times a day to the point now where I can post comfortably one time a day and know that I'm gonna break a thousand views on a video minimum awesome yeah. and then they go like they go viral without even you knowing your second video is going to go the most viral that you'll get for your first like two months i can almost guarantee it happens every time um so have you made your tiktok video yet uh, dude, uh, 
I I was this is what happened. A quick just sidetrack. So Monday or Sunday, last Sunday, I told my wife, I'm like, I am gonna grind TikTok for a week, see how it goes, and I'm gonna I'm gonna just take it week by week. And I got to five videos last week. And then Thursday night, we had just something with friends for the holidays. And Saturday night, we had some with friends for the holidays. I'm making excuses here, but yeah. I'm getting back on it on this this week because I've just gotten to the point. I put a tweet out the other day where I was like, I'm just dumb right now for not trying to. And, you know, you might see that I'm big on financial literacy. Like, I'm just dumb for not putting videos out right now on financial literacy on TikTok. Because yeah, I just you know I follow the guys who are like, you should invest in this. And I go look on my, my investment page and I'm like, oh shit, that's a good stock. And I'll grab it. And I, <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah, all right, this guy's affecting the stock market on TikTok. It's He's crazy. getting people to buy it by, uh, by stock and stuff. Um, yeah. Stop making excuses and create content. On, that's it for everyone. Create yeah. content on TikTok. doesn't matter yeah. what it is. If it's in whatever you want to be in. Like, like I said, I open Pokemon cards on TikTok. That's my that's passion. Dope. And then I, I use those cards. I resell them on eBay so mm-hmm. I can buy more cards and create more content and just funnel it. And it gives me right. something else to do. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, and I think is that key for you guys? Like, I don't know. I think that you're seeing a lot of creators and talent. Like, I think it's become more attractive now to where, okay, you're a gamer, right? And you're a Twitch streamer. But then also, what do you do in your free time? Like, do you have yeah. something else that you can identify yourself with, whether it's Pokemon cards whether it's it's skating, whether it's cars, like whatever it might be, like what is something else that you bring to the table that diversifies? You know, you a sneakerhead. You know, what is it for you? Well, it's that too, and it gives your audience something else to engage with. Yeah, doesn't have to just be about gaming. Like our life is not just video games, right? Right. Like what el- exactly? What you said? What else do you do? Yeah, I open Pokemon cards, and I've been doing it before it blew up during COVID because everyone and their brothers buying up all the Pokemon stock at Walmart. Um, I've been doing it since December was my first video last year on TikTok. So like it blew up this year. It got really expensive, but I kept doing it. Like it's a passion of mine. I love it. Um, so yeah, if you collect shoes, I want to know, like put them up on the shelves behind you, like decorate your studio. Um, I collect pop figures and I collect Pokemon cards. So like those are the, that's why I got my big llama back there. Yeah. So I'm I'm like I wanna know so that when I drop in your stream and I see oh shit, you got the new uh Pikachu pop figure, then I wanna talk to you about that. You know, yeah. It it provides an opportunity for a conversation. Whereas like I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of not enough I see a lot of Twitch I know we're getting really sidetracked here, but I see a lot of creators (laughs) where like I'll jump on their channel and there's just they're not using all they can behind them. And I feel like there's just so many opportunities for, like you're saying, if I pop into your stream and I see the llama, I'm like, Oh, Hey, I already kind of like this guy. Cause there's something there I could connect with him on. But, um, no, that's awesome. All right. Well, let's, I don't go about an hour. I think we have, if anyone in chat has a question that they'd like to ask Chris, I know we got one here that I'm about to read. Just go ahead and, and drop it in chat and we'll answer some questions here to wrap it up. If you guys have any, if not, and you're just listening and enjoying it, appreciate you guys being here. Um, but so drew face, I think was asking a question though, and we'll go back to it is what were some of the struggles of rebranding when you guys were going through that? Um, what, what was tough for you guys? Oh yeah. That was, well, drew was like, he's the guy, right? So, um, I think the biggest struggle was first step was actually accepting that we were going to be rebranding. I think I kind of went over that. Um, having that, the like, shadow dreams be our baby for so long and be like, we're going to get rid of this name and get rid of like 
number one, like, are our fans going to like this? Are, is our community going to get behind this? Because um, we have to pitch this to 40 players and content creators. And if right. one of them wasn't happy about it, I was going to be like, that would be heartbreaking. Um, but fast forward to when we launched, like we did the, we launched the team a few days, like two days before we launched publicly. And mm. like everyone went wild when we dropped the logo because it was so strong. The branding is so strong. Something we can get behind. Um, next is like, is the the corporate guys are they gonna like it? Does it speak enough to both sides? Does it speak enough to the the esports audience? And does it speak enough to the corporate guys? Because at the end of the day, they've got completely different tastes. Like, it needs to look good on both fronts. And again, like Drew did the perfect, like, I don't know the word that I'm looking for, but it, it works on both sides. It's cohesive. Right. Um, and then it was the next struggle was okay we're gonna we're gonna drop this brand now are we gonna sell anything um and i can successfully say we've sold in the last four days we've we've sold enough merch that everybody is happy about it uh including the company that does our merch so that's pretty cool yeah Especially when the company that's doing it is happy, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They sent me a message. We're we're in top. We're the number one selling jersey right now on their website. Uh, that's crazy. And we're like four days in. So they're very, very happy. Um, and then we're, this is, I guess, a pre-leak. We are going to be dropping a uh, a day one. Unfortunately, like day one has passed, but it's going to be like a little we'll call it like a founder's launch of merch so it's going to be a limited drop there's going to be 30 items uh of three different SKUs, and they're going to be available for a short period of time and once they're sold out that print will never be printed again um and that's drew's doing like he's he's really behind that like hype beast kind of stuff um so 90 items and uh we did an internal pre-sale uh within the team it's already over 50 percent sold out and then when it drops there's going to be very limited stock left. So, because it'll only be what's left from the 90. Yeah, whatever's left from the internal pre sale, we wanted to give our players an opportunity to buy it up first. Right. Um, and then uh, once we drop that, that line, uh, we're really excited. And we're going to do, I think we're going to plan on doing at least three uh, drops for the rest of the year. So, like I said, a spring, summer, and maybe a fall. Okay. Uh, and then we'll round up the year with like a, we survived one year drop. Nice, nice. Yeah. Okay, that's super cool. And I kind of want to be like hundred thieves of Canada, but better. You know, like yeah. no, hey, you got to look at the people that have done a success. I think I think a lot of times people don't want to look at that, but you got to see what's done well and what they haven't. So it's uh, oh. Drew keeps on pushing me for lifestyle first. Yeah, we gonna sell hoodies. Yeah, we're gonna sell lots of hoodies. I love it. Well, the hoodie you have on now is super dope. Like I said, I've already complimented twice. I love the inside of it. Yeah. Um, but any closing comments? I feel like I've asked you a lot of, of what I want to know. Hopefully everyone listening has enjoyed it. And when you guys hear it on the audio version, you guys are excited about what they got going on. But any any closing comments or, or remarks that you'd like to drop or, or plug? Yeah, I mean, like when it comes down to plugs, for sure. Um, I just, uh, I hope everyone enjoys our new brand for sure and like you guys can follow us along it's parabellum esports but it's pblm esports on all social medias um we're gonna be dropping content like crazy from now until the end of time 
uh, and our our shop is uh, based on Innovated Gear. So uh, that's where we've got all of our Proline esports stuff, uh, and we're currently developing our website to get our uh, our lifestyle merch up as soon as possible. And as soon as I have it in stock, um, we will definitely have uh, that that year one or founders drop uh, for everyone to to scoop up. It's gonna okay. be sweet. I'll be excited. Maybe forward. I'll drop a sneak for you in uh, in uh, in Discord. I'll I'll send you a DM what it looks like. Let me know. I'm a, I'm a big hoodie guy. I wear a lot of hoodies. So. Yeah, the, the hoodies are gonna be sweet. It was supposed to be a crew neck, but I think it's gonna end up being a being a hoodie. I'm a crew neck guy, and I want more people to wear crew necks. Like it was the '80s. Okay. So, okay. But, big yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh. this hoodie this hoodie will also be available. Um, I'll let you know when that is too. So, okay. Hey, well, shout out to everybody that's been here. We, we've had some people with us the whole time. I was telling Drew, or not Drew, I'm sorry. I was about to give a shout out to Drew, but I was telling Chris. Man. Drew is the man. <laughs> I was telling Chris before, though, that I'm really trying to grow the Twitch side of it and, and the live interaction part of it. So I appreciate um, you guys have been coming in. If you're listening on the audio side and you haven't experienced um, the live version of the podcast yet, follow us on social so you guys can catch one live. Um, but shout out to Drew in the chat. Um, shout out to Drew Schwartz in the chat. Uh, Sir Noobzy uh, with the follow and, and in the chat. So appreciate you guys. Um, Chris, thank you, man. Thank you for coming on here and just sharing what you guys got going on. I'm excited. I know this is the end of the year. So excited to see what you yeah. guys got going on next year. Thanks a lot, man. Uh, yeah, stay tuned. That's all I can say. And thanks for having me. Hopefully we can uh, regroup again next year and talk again. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to have to check in and see how things have gone over the year. <laughs> Two, uh, 2.0. Let's do it. There we go. All right, guys. Well, appreciate it. If you guys are listening on Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening later on the podcast version, appreciate you guys checking in and we will catch you all next time.